tonight? Good? <laughs> Nothing like coming up to preach after a video of yourself preaching. So, uh... So weird, but um, hey, man, it's good to have you here tonight. If you're new to Sub 30, my name's Clay. I'm the Sub 30 pastor here at Celebration. And uh, if you're watching online, a special welcome to you. Can we put our hands together for everyone watching online? Let them know we love them and we appreciate them. And uh, anyone got a Bible in church? If you have a Bible, go ahead and get it out. We're gonna get to Acts chapter nine. Sorry, I'm extra thirsty. Cheers, whatever you got in front of you. Hopefully it's water. So, awesome. If you don't have a Bible, uh, we got you covered on the screen to your left, to your right. I'm gonna kind of get straight into the word tonight because um, there's just a little bit to share. I, I want you to catch a few things. I don't want you to miss any of it. And so I don't wanna waste any time. So Acts chapter nine, starting in verse 10, it says this. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. Your, your version might read a little bit different, uh, but I think it's gonna serve our purpose just as good all the same. And so uh, starting in verse 10, it says, now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. Everyone say Ananias. And the Lord spoke to him in a vision calling Ananias. There's an exclamation point, so I had to yell it. So, uh, yes, Lord, he replied. And the Lord said, go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. And when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. Uh, he is praying to me right now. I have shown him a vision of a man named Ananias coming in and laying hands on him so that he can see again. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, I've heard many people talk about the terrible things that this man has done to believers in Jerusalem. And he is authorized by the leading priest to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. But the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. And I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Verse 17, so Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized and afterward he ate some food and he regained his strength. Uh, if you are taking notes, I want you to write some things down tonight. If you're not taking notes, I still want you to write some things down tonight. And uh, I wanna preach to you for the next 32 minutes on what I have entitled Hidden Heroes. Hidden Heroes. Let's pray, we're gonna get into it. Father, we love you. Lord, it's a privilege to be in church tonight, God. And Lord, we just honor and recognize you above all else, above anyone else. God, I pray that you would speak to us tonight. Lord, we know that if we don't wanna leave here the same, we don't have to leave here the same because your Holy Spirit and your power is here, God. You have, uh, Lord, the opportunity to do something in our lives if we wanna receive it. So Lord, I pray that you would not just give us uh, ears to hear, although that's great. God, give us hearts to receive. Lord, we love you and we lean in to your word tonight in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Amen. Hey, uh, in the book of Acts, where we're at tonight, the book of Acts um, is basically a book in the Bible about the acts uh, of the Holy Spirit working through the apostles. Uh, the apostles is basically kind of a fancy word for the disciples. There would be more apostles later to come, but uh, as it's first getting kind of kickstarted off, it was the disciples that we read about in scripture. And in this passage that we just read and, and the passages right before it, we are given the salvation experience. We're given the conversion 
account of Paul. Anyone ever heard of the Apostle Paul in your new Bible? Kind of a, a big time figure. Like if you've been around church for any period of time, you've probably heard about Paul. Um, Paul is an amazing guy. He's, he's a hero in the faith. In your Bible that you're holding in your hand, Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament. He is an amazing theologian. But before Paul was ever like a hero in the faith, uh, before that, he was actually one of the early church's most vicious villains. Before he was ever the hero, he was actually the villain. In fact, before he was ever Paul, his original name was Saul that was given to him. And Saul did not uh, start out believing in Jesus. He actually hated anyone that believed in the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was out to not just end their witness, but he would actually end their life if it came down to it. The Bible gives us an example of uh, who we know to be the first recorded martyr in all of scripture. The first man who actually died for his faith in Jesus was a man named Stephen and Saul, or Paul, was actually there. Saul approved of this whole stoning of Stephen. In fact, Saul stood off um, on the side holding the coats of all the men that were stoning Stephen. Like this was Saul. Before he was the guy we all love, he was one of the most vicious villains in all of scripture. But yet here in Acts chapter nine, he is having a, a salvation saving moment with Jesus Christ. When I thought about that, you know, you know, I thought about this sub 30. I love the fact that God is not just a God who pursues nice people. I love the fact that God doesn't just pursue nice people, but he pursues every type of person. God is after all types of people. God is after angry people. He's after prideful people. He's after mean people. He's after bitter people. He's after people with a bad attitude. God loves all types of people. He wants to save and work through all types of people. Why is that? I, I think God wants every type of person because he needs every type of testimony. You see, if we're gonna do something great and significant in our generation for the kingdom of God, then it is gonna take people from every walk of life, every sector of life, every sphere of life, every background of life. And when people see people from every walk of life now serving Jesus, it will be heralded throughout all the world that God is alive and Jesus is good. God is after every type of individual. There are some people in here tonight and you're more thankful than that than others. Because maybe you didn't grow up in church. Maybe you weren't some little you know, young Bible belt kid who went to Sunday school and did all that. Maybe you were from the off side. You were from the other side of the tracks. Maybe you didn't grow up in a family that went to church and loved God, but God came for you, didn't he? Thank God that his grace is relentless. Man, his grace is relentless on our life. He's after every type of person because he wants every type of testimony. And so here is Saul. I love it. Saul is in relentless pursuit of believers to stop their message and even kill their lives. But while he is tracking them down, God's tracking him down. Isn't that an amazing thought? While he is tracking people down because of their faith, the spirit of God is in hot pursuit of Saul so that he will ultimately share the same faith that he's now trying to destroy. Saul went to Damascus with one agenda, but he came out with a completely different agenda. I'm going to go ahead and get the keys guy to come back out. I don't know where he's at, but can we call for him, Kelly? I just wanted to go ahead and come and join me tonight. I feel like this might go a different direction. Have you ever had that moment in life where, where you're, you, you plan something in your heart? I, I love what it says in Proverbs chapter 19. I'm sorry, my thoughts are kind of all over the place right now. It says this, it says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but the Lord and his purpose prevails. 
Have you ever gone down a road in life and your plans were one thing, but then you come to find out God was gonna do a completely different thing? Has that ever happened to you, sub 30? And so here is Saul and he continues on this road to Damascus and at this point, Jesus has now come and Jesus died on the cross and he already ascended up back into heaven, but Jesus makes a cameo appearance right here as Saul is on this Damascus road and he comes to Saul and he, he looks at Saul on this Damascus road experience and he says, Saul, what are you doing? Saul, what are you doing? And, and I, Saul is just, he he's absolutely doesn't know what's going on. I mean, this is a powerful moment. And you know, I would imagine Saul kind of responds. He's like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't know. And Jesus looks at him, he says, Saul, you're not, just, you're not just persecuting them, you're persecuting me. Saul, what are, you, what are you doing? You see, that gives me a lot of hope as a believer that if you mess with me, you're not just messing with me, you're messing with him. You're not just persecuting me, you're, you're, you're persecuting him. Boy, that should provide some boldness for us as believers. Next time the enemy tries to come against you and what God's called you to do and the purpose that God has put on your life, man, something should rise up inside of you that you can look back at that enemy, you can look back at that adversity and you can say, look, you, you better stop right now, you better quit it, you better stop messing with me, right? He, he'll get you, okay? He'll get you. I love it, man, because when you said yes to Jesus, all of a sudden, all of heaven is now backing up your life. It's not just me fighting on my own anymore. It's not just me having to, to conjure it up on my own anymore. I can walk boldly into what God has called me to do because I have heaven backing me up. And Jesus shows up, he says, Saul, you think you're just messing with these people. You are messing with something far greater than you even understand. Jesus says, you're persecuting me. What are you doing? What are you doing? I love that. And so Saul and Jesus, they finished this moment, they finish this interaction. And when Saul comes out of this moment with Jesus, Saul cannot see a thing. Can't see a thing. He's blind, not partially blind. He is fully 100% blind. And watch this sub 30 for the first time ever. Saul is experiencing naturally what he has always experienced spiritually. He's blind. Truth be told, he's always been blind. Blinded by legalism, blinded by emotion, blinded by self-righteousness. He started off going to Damascus fueled and, and energized by hate against Christians, by, by hate for Jesus, by hate for this gospel. He, he started off going there fueled by a rage of emotions, but now he walks into the city blind, just led by what he feels. You see, this is what happens, sub 30, when, when you are distant in your relationship with God, when, when you are separated and distant from your savior, you are now led by your feelings in life. Faith is no longer your guide because now feelings are your guide. When you're disconnected from God, you're not a person of faith, you are now a person who's led by your feelings. Your father is not your guide, feelings are your God. And if you're anything like me, then I think most of us have lived long enough now to know that my feelings are a horrible leader for my life. Gosh, they're a horrible, horrible leader. You, you wanna know how you know whether you're faith-led or feelings-led? You start hearing yourself say stuff like this. Man, I don't really feel like going to church. I mean, I don't really, I don't really feel like, like serving, I don't really feel like giving, I don't really feel like being kind to people, I don't really feel like being generous, I don't feel like going to group, I don't feel like worshiping, I don't feel like lifting my hands. Your, your, your feelings led. You're no longer led by faith because you're led by how you 
feel. Feelings are fickle. Feelings are a horrible leader in your life. And whenever you're disconnected from God, you stop moving by faith and you start moving by how you feel. But the wonderful thing about Saul's blindness in this moment is that it's an incredible opportunity for him to hear uninterrupted. See, that's good right there. See, there is something about blindness that does wonders for our ears. And now Saul sits in this moment and he can't see anything and he doesn't know where he's going and and he is moving around. He's trying to feel his way through life in this moment, but boy, his ears are clearer than they've ever been. This is what happens sometimes in our walk with God. Maybe that's why the Bible reminds us we walk by and not by. His ears are open now to hear because for the first time ever he is blind and can't see anything. And so Saul is led to Damascus. I love this. He's led to a street called Straight, right? Like Keith, as if this passage couldn't have preached itself, like God's just gonna go ahead and throw that in there, you know, like, like really Jesus, really God, like you like you met a man, you're doing a work in his life and then like you just put him on Straight Street, just like that. And so, right? Just as simple as that, like the, the Bible will preach, like you can't make some of this stuff up, right? And, but here's a man, right? Here's a man who has been bent up by religion, who has been made crooked by legalism and, and, and religiosity and pride and all this mess, but now God's doing a work in his bented, crook up hearts and he's put them on straight streets to where he wants them to go. He arrives at a man named Judas's house different Judas than the one most of us are thinking of in the Bible, but he he goes to a man named Judas' house where he sits in darkness for three days. Everyone say three. Three days. Three days. The villain has now been made vulnerable in his blindness. And as he sits in a man's house for three days that he barely even knows, I would imagine he's sitting there trying to figure out what in the world is going on in my life. What is happening in this moment. I, I, what, what, what just happened on that road and Jesus and all of this kind of stuff. Like Saul is completely isolated from everyone and everything. I want you to put yourself in Saul's shoes right now as he sits in a house, a man he barely even knows. He's sitting there for three days in pitch black darkness because he's blind, completely isolated. How is he completely isolated? Because watch this. He can't go back to his Pharisee buddies. Like he can't go back to them. He's gonna be like, hey guys, remember the Christians that you sent me here to kill? Well, I'm kind of one of them now. So like he can't go back to them, they'll kill him. But he can't link up with the Christians yet either because they don't trust him. Like, could you imagine that? Like Saul calls him up, he's like, hey, hey, what's up Christian guys? Hey, can, uh, you got a church service that I can come to uh, this weekend? They're like, who is this? Uh, Saul, look, I know we had our differences in the past. I try to kill a couple of your cousins, but like, look, uh, I'm just, I'm trying to get to a church service. Oh, Saul, you wanna come to church? Uh, no, like, like he, he can't join up with either. He is literally in a severe moment of isolation, completely isolated. But Sub 30, watch this. Whenever God wants to really do a transformation in your heart, he'll leave you alone. Whenever God wants to do a transformation in your heart, he will leave you alone. And if you're not careful, you will mistake being alone for loneliness. But they are two very different things. Bible says in Matthew chapter four that Jesus was led into the wilderness by the power of the Holy Spirit. He went there for 40 days and 40 nights. He was tested, he was tempted. The the spirit of God was working on his integrity and his character. He was getting Jesus ready for the three years of ministry that he was about to do. Jesus was alone in the wilderness, but he wasn't lonely. 
because the Holy Spirit was working on him every step of the way. Saul is sitting in a house right now in the pitch black dark. There might not be another individual sitting with him. He is alone, but he's not lonely because the Holy Spirit is working on his heart as he sits there for three days straight. And I just felt like preaching to someone tonight, man. Maybe you feel like you are alone in this season of life. Maybe you feel like you're trying to serve God by yourself and all of my friends have left and people don't understand. My family don't even support what I'm trying to do. I feel alone in this world. You might be alone in the natural, but you're not lonely. God is with you. The Holy Spirit is working on you. Come on, maybe he's working on your heart right now. Maybe he's working on your faith right now. Maybe he's working on your trust right now, but never mistake being alone with loneliness. You might feel alone, but the spirit of God is with you and you're not by yourself as long as the Holy Spirit is with you. And so here Saul sits alone in the natural, but boy, he has company in the spirit and the villain is vulnerable, isolated on straight street. And he is in desperate need of a hero someone to come and help him with this moment that he has been led in. And out of all the heroes that could have been sent, I want you to think about what's going on in this this season, in this time during scripture, like out of all the people that could have been sent to help Saul and Paul, you know, like, I mean, think of who God could have sent. God could have sent Peter. Like Peter would have been a good one to send, you know, because Peter's kind of scrappy. So if Paul would have like got his sight back and, and wanted to go to blows, Peter would have been there. He probably could have handled it. So, you know. He could have sent Peter, he could have sent James, the brother of Jesus, right? Could have sent John, another one of the disciples. He could have sent Apollos. Apollos was one of the great communicators of the day, but God didn't send any of those guys. Who did God send? A man named Ananias. We're all thinking the same thing. Who the heck is Ananias, right? Who is that? Like, excuse me, God, but like, who who is Ananias? We never heard of him before. God, what are his credentials? Why did he get used? Seemed like there were a lot of other great A players that you could have sent to help out, you know, Brother Saul here, who's trying to get, but but God, why did you send Ananias? See, here in this scripture, Ananias is literally the chosen instrument by God to lead the man who will ultimately become one of the most historic, great apostles and evangelists the world has ever seen to the Lord. He's gonna lead him to the Lord. Ananias, who is Ananias, the truth be told, Ananias is just a normal guy. You won't find him anywhere else in scripture except right here in Acts chapter nine. There's another Ananias in, in another passage of Acts, but that one's dead and, um, and this one is, still, they're both dead now, but, right? He's only, he's not here in any other part of scripture. He only makes it right here as the guy who gets to lead Saul, who will become Paul, to the Lord, right? I love it. The Lord comes to Ananias. He looks down, he says, Ananias. Ananias responds, he says, yes, Lord. See, I love it. I could have preached a whole message on yes, Lord. Because if you read in scripture, he he said, yes, Lord, with an exclamation mark. It wasn't yes, Lord, with a, a question mark. It wasn't like, yes, Lord, like depending on what you say after this, I may or may not obey you. It wasn't like that. It was yes, Lord. I love it. Yeah, yes, God, God, whatever you're about to say, I'm in. God, whatever you're about to do, I'm in. God, whatever, God, whatever it is, Lord, you don't even have to give me the details, I'm in. I, I want every part of it. Boy, we need some more believers in our generation with a yes, Lord kind of spirit. God, I don't need all the details. I don't need all the directions. 
God, I'm ready because I know that if you're calling me, then your Holy Spirit will give me and empower me with whatever I need to do what you're calling me to do. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I am obedient before I even get the command because I know that the power of the Holy Spirit will help me. God says, I want you to go down to Straight Street. I want you to find a man named Saul and I want you to pray with him. Now, can I be honest? If, uh, if I'm Ananias, I think my response to God's gonna look a little bit different. Can I, can I be real? God says, hey, Clay, um, I want you to go find Saul. I want you to pray for him. I'm gonna respond to God and be like, say what? What do you say? Like Saul, who are you talking about Saul? Like God, I only know one Saul and that Saul isn't like a guy like I wanna get brunch with anytime soon. And so like, God, I don't, I don't think I, God, I don't, what, do you, what do you mean you wanna go see? Yeah, I want you to go see him. I want you to pray with him. I, I, I want you to go down there and I, you know, I'd, I'd probably respond to God at some point. I'd be like, God, you know, you, you had said something about blindness. God, like, I need to know right now, is this like a he was blind or he is blind, God? Because this is gonna make a difference. God, if I show up in there, like, I need to know, like, can he see me? Can he see my face? If I roll up in there, God, because I ain't trying to get mixed up in some like Pharisee mafia kind of stuff, God. Like, if I can roll in and roll out, he won't see me, then we're good, right? God, what, what, do, you, what do you mean? What, what's, what's going on right now? And, and Ananias goes to find Saul, and what's powerful about this moment is he, he doesn't leave there with Google Maps or GPS. He's literally led by the Spirit of God. He's literally walking through the streets of the city and the Spirit of God's like, turn left, he turns left, turn right, go straight, three doors down on the right, and, and, and he knocks on the door. Can you imagine what this might've felt like if you're Ananias, like you just get to this random house, you know, you just, <laughs> sound effects are gonna cost you extra. Um, Right? Guy comes to the door, he's like, hey, what's up? How can I, how can I help you? Hey, man, hey. Uh, Judas, right? Is, is it Judas? Yeah, yeah, I'm Judas, what's up? Hey, man, like, you don't, you don't know me. Um, my name's Ananias, and like, hey, just a quick question, is there like, is there a man here in your house? And like, look, if he's gone, it's all good. It's totally cool if he's gone. Um, but like, if, is there like a guy here, maybe his name's Saul? Yeah, dude, Saul, yeah, man, Saul is in the back right now. He's, he's absolutely, okay, cool. Um, and like, is he, is he blind? Dude, yes, dude's been blind for like three days. Okay, good, so he's still blind, sweet, okay. Um, uh, just, yeah, so, so, okay, so he's here. Is he like, and he like, is, is he doing all right? Dude, he's just been back here. He hadn't really eaten a lot in the last few days. He's just kind of been praying. Dude, dude, do you know him? Do you know Saul? Yeah, no, I don't, I don't really know him. I don't know him, but, uh, but somebody I do know knows him. And Ananias walks into the house and he goes back and he has this moment with Saul. And, and literally in this moment, Ananias turns into Saul's hero prays with him. And the Bible said that as soon as he prays with him, something like scales fall off of Saul's eyes. He's, he's a hidden hero, sub 30. He, he literally is there in the beginning that starts out what will be a miraculous, incredible ministry of a man named Paul. And this random, ordinary guy named Ananias is there in the very beginning. I thought about this, you know, we, we all know Paul. Everybody knows Paul. Not many people know who Ananias is. But sub 30, it could be thought of like this, that without Ananias, perhaps we get no Paul. Without the obedience of an ordinary man doing what God simply asked him to do, being led by the Spirit of God on a normal, random, given day of the week, without that happening, perhaps we don't get one of the great heroes of the faith that now 2,000 plus years later, we can be encouraged by the words that he penned in scripture 
and they can literally help us in some of our darkest times walking through life. Maybe we don't get this man, we don't get these words, we don't get these scriptures had it not been for a hidden hero named Ananias. Maybe as the rest of the band gets ready to to join me. You see, I think Ananias did three things that made him a hero. I want you to write these three things down. Um, Just three simple things. You see, the first thing I think Ananias did is he followed. He followed. He followed the voice of God straight into the midst of fear. He followed the voice of God straight into the midst of intimidation, straight into the midst of all of this stuff that could have gone bad. He had no concern with himself. His only concern was, I wanna be obedient to the voice of God. Sub 30, listen to me. If you're going to be one of God's great hidden heroes in the earth today, you're gonna have to do two things. You're gonna have to know the voice and follow the voice. You gotta know the voice. You know how I know the voice? Because I've heard it a lot. How do you hear it a lot? I hear it in the pages of scripture. I hear the voice in moments of worship. I hear the voice through the preaching of the word. This is, I guarantee you, I know the voice of God now because at the age of almost 31, I have read so many scriptures. I have sat in so many services. I have entered into so many worship gatherings that the voice of God is now second nature to me. Boy, I know it when I hear it because I've been around it a lot. If you feel like you're in a season of life where you, I don't know, was that God, was that not God? I would just say, keep pressing in because there will come a day where you will be sure just like that. Man, that was God's voice. Man, in the first week of me and Bethany dating, like just the first week, I don't know, maybe the first couple days, there there could have been a chance that another girl could have hopped on the phone and maybe I could have got the voices mixed up. And is this really Bethany? No, come on, who is this? Who is this really Bethany? Like, you know, but, but, but now here we are, nine years of being married. Man, I know it's her voice because we spend a lot of time together. We go to bed at night talking to one another. We do some other stuff too, but we go to bed talking to one another. Hello. It's nothing to do with my message. As often as you are around the voice, you have no problem understanding it when it speaks. He knew the voice and he followed the voice. Isn't it interesting that all God said, Keith, isn't it awesome? All God said was Ananias and he knew it was the Lord. He didn't respond and say, uh, who, uh, yeah, who is that? What, uh, what in the world? Like his immediate response was yes, Lord. Boy, he knew the voice. It tells me we we don't get anything else about Ananias' life, but I know one thing, the dude spent time in his presence because you don't respond with a yes, Lord, unless I know that voice. That's not the first voice, that's not the first time that voice has spoken to me. That's not the first time I've heard that. That's not the first time I've encountered that. He knew the voice and he followed the voice. In the midst of uncertainty, you gotta follow. In the midst of doubt, sub 30, you gotta follow. In the midst of fear, you gotta follow. Let me hit you with this tonight. Listen, where there is no clarity, trust sovereignty. Where there is no clarity, you gotta trust sovereignty. Boy, I wish to God that when he spoke to me, he would just unravel all of his plans in one time. I wish he would just give me every bit of instruction, every bit of detail, but for those of us who have been following God for a while, you know that doesn't happen. Like God's not just rolling out. He says, hey, take one step. You're like, well, God, I mean, if you just gave me the next 10, it would just make it a lot easier. You and I would be on the same page. God's like, you don't need 10. I'm just gonna give you one. 
I'm just gonna give you one. God, I could really use some details. You ain't gonna get details. You will very, very rarely get all the details in the big picture. But where there is no clarity, I can still move. I can still take a step. I can still follow because I know, God, if this is your voice, then I know that you have already prepared the way. I know that you will give me everything that I need. God, I might not have clarity, but boy, I trust in your sovereignty. I trust that you're good. I trust that you love me. I trust that you're for me. God, I will take this step based on how sovereign you are. He's a sovereign God. He's a good God. God will never, he will never lead you into a situation that he does not already have the power and the preparedness to handle. You can trust him, but you gotta follow. Ananias followed, he followed, number one. Number two, he fellowshiped, he fellowshiped. Think about this, he walks into the room to see Saul for the very first time. Murderer Saul, killer Saul. Guy who hates Christians, Saul. Walks in for the very first time to see Saul. And this is how Ananias walks in. He sees him for the very first time. He goes, brother Saul, brother Saul. You see, when you are led by the Holy Spirit of God, you can even turn foes into friends. He fellowshiped. See, man, there needs to be a generation we gotta be the one that starts looking at people from the other side of the tracks, seeing people living in all kind of messed up life and speaking not to where they currently are, but what God says about them. You're a brother, you're a sister, you're a son of God, you're a daughter of God. You can be welcomed into the family of God. You don't have to believe to belong. You can go ahead and come right over here. He fellowships. He doesn't, he doesn't look at he doesn't look at Saul and say, hey, what's up, man? So you had a bad couple years, didn't you, huh? Like, no, he doesn't speak to what he's done. He doesn't speak to what everyone else knew him as. He spoke and said, you're a brother and you are welcomed into this family. God has sent me here to welcome you into the family of God, brother Saul. Maybe people have called you things in your past. Maybe you have different titles over your life, but I'm here to tell some people tonight that, that Jesus Christ welcomes you into the family of God, that you are a brother. Boy, when you have faith in Jesus Christ, you are called brother, you are called sister, you are called son, and you are called daughter in the family of God. See, for people in the world who have been deprived of spiritual family, shoot, even people in the world who've been deprived of natural family, to hear that there is a place that they can belong and they can come into, boy, that is music to some people's ears. I mean, we see this in society, right? Think about, think about all the different groups and clubs and memberships that are all over society. Why is that? Because there is a desperate need in every human being to want to belong to something. I wanna be included in something. This is why people join Greek life. This is why, this is why people join country club memberships. This is why people will even get involved in gangs in inner cities or social clubs around town because it is, it is inside of all of us. It doesn't matter if you are rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you are highly educated or a high school dropout. It doesn't matter if you're a white, black, Hispanic, European, Asian, African. We all have a desperate need to belong to something and want to be included in something. And the family of God solves the whole problem. You know who can come in the family of God? The Bible makes it real simple. Here's who can come in. Whosoever. 
Whosoever can come into the family of God. Whosoever wants to exercise their faith. Whosoever wants to believe. Oh, you used to be a murderer, Saul. Whosoever. Oh, you used to be a drug addict. Whosoever. Oh, you, you've had an abortion. Whosoever. You got a divorce. Whosoever. Whosoever can come in and be called brother. Whosoever can be called son and daughter. Whosoever wants to place faith in Jesus can be welcomed into the family of God. Every human wants this. Every human is looking for a place. Man, I need a crew. I need a place to belong. I need to get involved in something. And, and if people can't find it, a good place in society, then, then that's when they get linked up in the wrong place. But boy, the family of God solves the whole problem. Oh, you want something to belong to? Brother Saul. You, you need a place to go, Brother Tyler. You need a place to go, Sister Kelly. Sister Kelly, I like that, so. Brother and sister, be welcomed in. He, he fellowshiped, he fellowships. The third thing he did, number three is the last one. He followed, he fellowshiped, but number three, he facilitated. He facilitated. Ananias, this man, he is in scripture. He's just a normal guy. Just a normal guy. He wasn't a disciple. He wasn't a religious leader. Just a normal guy. We don't even know what his profession was, but I bet you it was normal. Just a normal guy. But it's proof to you and I, watch this sub 30, that you don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be a missionary. You don't have to be a preacher. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to be a bishop or an apostle. You don't have to be any of that to be used by God in an extraordinary way. God's looking for just anybody. What, what is the Bible? I thought about this. What, what is the Bible? It's a book of faith. It's a historical book. It's a prophetic book. It's a, it's a book of poetry. It's a, it's a lot of different things. Well, what is the Bible? You know, you know what else it is? It is literally a, a book of example after example, after case, after case, after case of just men and women. And it's proof that God will take the ordinary and he will lead it into doing something extraordinary for the kingdom. That's what the Bible is. The Bible is just God picking up random, ordinary people. Hey, shepherd, wanna be king? David? Miss, that's pretty ordinary. Hey, 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 Nehemiah, you wanna come rebuild something awesome? Hey, hey, Gideon, hey, I know you're doing some manual labor right now, but how about you come with me and you lead this army and let's go do battle together? Man, God takes ordinary and he does extraordinary when people are willing to follow. People are willing to fellowship with who he's asking you to fellowship with. And people who can raise their hand and say, God, if you need me to facilitate your will and your power, God, I'll do it. I'm in. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And he facilitated in this moment. I'm telling you, Sub 30, God has the ability to take those who are hidden and put you on display. I'll say it like this. God loves to highlight the hidden. He loves it. See, sometimes you feel like maybe you're a little bit hidden right now. You're in a great place. You're in the best place. Because God doesn't highlight the, the well-known, He highlights the hidden. And He can take you right where you're at, maybe in obscurity, and He can launch you in an awesome destiny that He has for your life. I thought about this, man. We need more heroes in the faith that don't need the credit. I love Ananias for this. And we need, hero, we need hidden heroes that don't need the credit. See, what we don't see is we do not see Ananias start a whole ministry for himself based on this one thing he did for Paul. You know what I mean? It wasn't like Ananias started walking around town. He's like, hey man, hey, 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 hey. 
hey, you hear about that Saul guy? You hear about that Saul guy, right? Like murderer, ooh, he's scary. Like, you hear about him? Like, but now he's like, you know, now he's like serving Jesus stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was me. That was me. That was me, that was, that was me. You know, God was like, hey, Ananias, you wanna do this? I'm like, yeah, let's do it, yeah. Like, like he doesn't build some huge thing all up about himself. No, he facilitated for God without any concern for himself. He wasn't concerned about getting recognition. He wasn't concerned about like, God, God, this looks like it could be a pretty big deal. I mean, am I gonna get some FaceTime for this? I mean, come on, like, he had no concern for himself. His only, only, only thought was being obedient to the voice of God. That was it. And he got to facilitate an awesome, awesome moment for the conversion of one of the greatest men in the faith. See, what I love about this story, and we're gonna pray in just a second. What, what I love about this story of Ananias is this. Sub 30, we are all Ananias. We're all Ananias. See, see, maybe we're not all Peter. We're not all gonna be Paul. We're not all Moses. We're not all Abraham. We're not all gonna be Noah, but we are all Ananias. We are all just ordinary, everyday people just going to work, doing the best we can to raise our families, trying to live for the Lord. I'm just, we are all Ananias. See, I thought about this, man, this is powerful if you can catch this. See, Saul in Hebrew, his name, Saul in Hebrew literally means asked by God. Asked of God, asked by God. Ananias in Hebrew means this, God has dealt graciously with me. Sub 30, do you think it's any coincidence that the one who is asked of God is met by the one who God has dealt graciously with. You see, any time in our generation, in any generation that God wants to woo the heart of someone that he is asking for, he will always, always send someone that he has already dealt graciously with. And when the two of them meet, all of a sudden spiritual sight is restored all of a sudden people are encouraged, all of a sudden strength is regained in this moment, and now someone new is on their way to being the hero that God's called them to be in the earth for the kingdom. You always know there's a question in every message that God's asking us. I think the question for us tonight as we examine our own life is this, who perhaps in your world is God asking for? What, what family member is far away from him? What classmate, what friend around town? What coworker perhaps that is not in a genuine relationship with God, but, but God is trying to woo their heart. How, how do I know this? Because he's trying to save everyone. How do I know God really wants them? Is their heart beating? Are they human? Yes, he wants them, right? He's trying to woo the heart. He, he's asking for them. And when you finally understand that he is asking for them, you'll realize that I am here at this job because God has already dealt graciously with me and he wants me to now interact with this person that he's asking for. Ananias, the one who God has dealt graciously with. Sub 30, behind every great hero is a hero that nobody knows about. You are a hero. We are heroes. We're hidden heroes. No one might know our name. You might feel like you're totally invisible. 
in moments, but there's a God who created you and you could never hide. You could never sink so low. There is not a valley in this earth that is deep enough for you to escape the presence of God. He has you where he has you because he needs a hidden hero there. You're friends with who you're friends with because he needs a hidden hero there. See, man, when you, when you start understanding stuff about God like this, it's like you thought you just chose people because you had similar interests. You didn't choose them, God chose them for you. Because he needs a hidden hero there. He needs a representative there. We're all hidden heroes in this massive story that is unfolding in the earth. We all have the opportunity to play our part. Maybe you're a hidden hero to your husband, to your wife, to your children, to your coworkers, to your friends. Watch this, even your enemies. But sub 30, on any given day and at any given moment, the Spirit of God might tap you on the shoulder, call your name and say, get up. God, where are we going? I'll show you. Just get up. God, God who are we talking to? I'll show you. God, what do I need to bring? My Spirit's with you, that's it. He might tap you on the shoulder. He might call you to follow his voice, to fellowship with someone that he points out to you in your world, and then to facilitate his power that he's gonna do through you. Man, I, lo I just, I love this story so much because we're all Ananias. Why don't we stand to our feet all across the room? With every head bowed and every eye closed, Right now, you might not hear it audibly, but I do believe that the Holy Spirit is calling every person's name in here tonight. Just as Ananias heard it, just as Ananias sensed it, his name being called out for a, for a mission, for an opportunity, I believe that same opportunity is present here tonight for every single one of us. Now I would just ask right now, man, if, and let's just be honest in church. Like, you don't, you don't have to do this for me. It's not gonna puff me up in any way or whatever. Like, you know, oh, more hands go in the air. Like, I'm, like, I'm past all that. I got over that years and years ago. But, but like right now, like if you feel like, man, God's calling your name and you want to respond, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Then I just want you to lift your hand in the air. The fact of the matter is, is that some people might not be ready. Not, and that's, look, it's cool if you're not ready. I'd rather you just be honest with yourself and saying, God, I'm still trying to work out my own stuff. I'm still trying to kind of get my, my own stuff right with you, God, I, I don't know. But, but if you're ready and you're saying, and, and basically by raising your hand, it's that same idea of God, I don't even know what you're about to say to me, but I'm in. God, I could wake up tomorrow on a Monday morning and you might put such a heaviness on my heart for my work employee, God, this other person. God, I don't know what it is, but Lord, I'm, I'm just excited about whatever's coming my way. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I'm obedient before I even get the command. Yes, Lord. I just wanna pray a prayer over your life. And I'm believing that, boy, there are hidden heroes that are gonna rise up inside of this place. Somebody in your world needs a hero. Somebody in your family needs a hero. Father, in Jesus' name, for every individual with their hand lifted. God, I pray that you would do for them just what you did for this man, Ananias, in Scripture. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead. I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just fill them up with, with 
boldness, God, and courage. God, I pray that we would be more courageous to speak than we ever have been. God, I pray right now as we encounter people, Lord, as we just are, are confident to share whatever you put on our heart, God, it might just be an encouraging text message tomorrow morning to that family member or that friend. God, it might be a full-on sit-down for coffee where we talk about life and I literally introduce them to the person of the Holy Spirit. God, it could be a whole lot of different things. But God, I pray right now that you give us the spirit empowerment that we need to do what you called us to do. God, use us. We're saying yes, Lord. God, we don't need all the clarity. We trust your sovereignty, Lord. We know you're good. We know you're for us. We know you're not gonna leave us. We know you're not gonna betray us. So God, we say yes, Lord. And I pray this, I pray that God, as we encounter people, as we encounter people tomorrow and the days ahead, God, I pray that blindness would fall off of people's spiritual life in Jesus' name. I pray that our friends would begin to come to real and genuine relationships with Jesus Christ. God, I pray like scales would fall off in the spirit, that people would see you, that people would believe in you, that people would trust in you, that people would surrender to you like never before. God, we have no idea who we could be having coffee with. We have no idea who we could be encouraging. It could literally be the next hero in the faith that is gonna stir up revival in our generation. And we have the opportunity to be used by God and facilitate the power in these moments. God, we love you. We worship you. We cry out to you. We magnify you. Come on, just lift your hands.